my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Welcome back to Women Starting Over and Moving Up. I'm excited to reconnect with you, my wonderful listener. And I have a fabulous guest today because she has a really unique story that can help every one of you listening because she went from being in a tough position to now being a business owner. And the wonderful thing is she did this herself pretty much and is a true woman business owner. And as you know, the purpose of our podcast is to empower you around money and income and business. Can you be a business owner or entrepreneur? She has an amazing story. So you are going to enjoy listening in. She has a company, Bridge Financial Strategies now, which is really impressive and also one for women with divorce. She has a heart of gold. So welcome, Julie. Hi, Nora. Thank you so much for having me today. I am so excited, Julie. And the cool thing is we had uh, a mutual friend that introduced us. You never know who you're going to meet and who they can connect you with. So that's how Julie and I got connected is a gal that works for Julie is a friend of a friend of mine. So you're, you just never know where life is going to lead you. So Julie, go ahead and, and share your story. Let's start with when you were growing up, when it came to money, income, with your family, uh, church, school, surroundings. Okay, well, I grew up in a Christian home, but with parents who quite often argued over money. I don't think that's actually too unusual. A lot of couples argue over money. And what I recall from those years was that my dad described my mom as a spender, but my experience was that My mom shopped at yard sales and cut coupons for groceries. And so what my dad said didn't always mesh with what I saw happening. But I think just at the end of the day, they couldn't agree on how money should be spent. So when I was in high school, I was making plans to go to college and became pregnant. Okay. And wow. that was not the way that my <laughs> life was supposed to go. Sure. And, you know, so I just had some decisions. I was 17 years old and my son was born the month after I turned 18. So I was just wow. very young. Mm-hmm. But that 
you know, drastically changed my plans for going straight to college, right? I got married. I became a mom. I focused on my family. I still worked, but I was working as a manager at McDonald's because that was the skill set I had at the time. And so two years later, when I was pregnant with my second child, my daughter, my husband, who had just turned 21 and just wanted to be a 21-year-old, decided that he wanted to be single. Mm-hmm. So here I am, eight and a half months pregnant. Oh, wow. A couple days after Christmas, and he breaks this news to me. So, of course, I was devastated. I was scared. I didn't know how I was going to make it on my own. My salary, I think, was like $1,000 a month at that time. Wow. So, of course, this was like 1989, so the prices were different, but it was still not enough, really, to support myself. So a few weeks later, my daughter was born. My husband came to the hospital for the birth. We had family there. But then that evening, everyone had kind of gone home. He had gone pretty much forever at that point and my daughter was taken to the nursery for the night and I remember just lying in my hospital bed on my side just kind of silently crying just thinking about like what the future was going to hold for me and this nurse happened to walk by and she glanced into the room she saw I was crying she said honey are you okay And I just said, no, I'm not. And that was kind of a defining moment for me because I realized that I was officially a statistic. Mm. I was a teenage pregnancy. I was a single mom of two at the age of 20. Wow. But it also allowed me to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? I might be a statistic, but my kids are not going to be statistics. Nice. And now going back in my, in my earlier years, I was always really good at math and good with numbers. So that was kind of a natural thing for me. I I call myself a numbers girl and a lot of women aren't Mm -hmm. right. So at least I have that already going for me. And I recognize that going back to school was probably the best choice for me at 20 years old if I wanted to drastically change the trajectory of my life and, more importantly, my kids' lives financially. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So that, going back to school. Oh. Yeah, that's wonderful that you were able to think what are my talents and gifts? What's in my hand? What can I use? That instead of tearing yourself down, uh, criticizing yourself or being there, you chose to think in a way that would propel yourself forward. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I, I think it's important for women in whatever situation to recognize that everybody has gifts and they're not all the same. <laughs> right. Right. But, but they can all be valuable and they can all, you know, help you change the path that your life has been on. If you 
want it to go in a different direction. So Mm -hmm. that's true. But anyway, so I went back to school. It took me nine and a half years part-time to get my undergraduate degree in accounting. And then I stayed one extra year full-time and got a master's in tax. And just doing that just really opened up a lot of doors for me at that age. I had great networks of people. I had multiple job offers. And so when I graduated, you know, I was able to land a a great job that provided very well for me and my children. And eventually I decided I wanted to start my own company because I had my own ideas and my own area of passion, which is really helping women who are going through divorce, sometimes widowhood, but primarily divorce because so often they are, I'm going to say, not on a level playing field. And so they're having to make all these decisions about their financial future as they go through the divorce settlement process. And they're just not really sure if they're the right decision. And so now I get to come alongside these women and put some numbers behind everything so that they can see, oh, yes, this is good for me, or no, this probably wouldn't be in my best interest. And that just really helps to give them some confidence as they're going through that awful, painful, ugly process. It's just, it's exhausting. It makes you want to just give up and give in. But the ramifications are so big, especially if children are involved, that it's really worthwhile to stick with the process and get the best result that you can possibly get. Right, which shows there is a lot of help for women out there who are struggling in in financial hardship. And I love how you connected yourself with people and that you persevered nine over nine years in in getting a formal education. And that is the right path for for some women. So but that's what I see in you, which is really great. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. And I would say that A lot of the women that I work with today are not 20 years old. They're 50 years old or 40 years old going through a divorce. And so taking on 10 years of education wouldn't make sense for them. Right. But but often they already have a degree or they have some skills. And so a little bit of education tagged onto that will actually help them in their future. A lot of them are going to have to either work more or go back to work after being maybe a stay-at-home mom. Sure. There's a lot of change, but the the thing that really is rewarding for me is seeing the transformation Mm. from the time that they're actually going through this negative period in their life to maybe two years later where they've really been able to gain so much confidence and learn and grow and create their own life mm-hmm. and feel good about where they are financially. It's, it's so awesome to see. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like the attorneys 
like the family law attorneys that work with these women, they never get to see that two years later woman, but I do because quite often they continue to work with me post-divorce and we do financial planning and I help them with their investments and their taxes and, you know, it's a, the relationship continues. So it's, it's so great. And I guess the message that I would want to proclaim loud and clear is that where you are today is insignificant compared to where you can be in the future. That is so true. And both you and I have survived divorce and have ended up successful business women who are also helping to take care of other people, not just ourselves. And I commend you for that. And what's wonderful is you see that in many women. And you're right. When we're older, I was older, when getting divorced, it can be a whole different journey, but there's still hope in that process. Absolutely. So then after you, so you had worked for someone and saw that you wanted to do things differently. And what did you do then to decide, hey, I'm going to just start my own company and tell us about the steps of that too, for our listener. I was working on a business plan while I was employed. So I think I kind of already probably all along, I can't remember exactly when I started having this idea that I wanted to do things a different way. And that meant that I needed my own company. I do remember a few times as an employee being told to stay in my box (laughs) because I kept trying to suggest changes and things that were outside of my role at the time. Oh boy. And I always thought, you know, I have great ideas. Why, why should I stay in my box? So anyway, I had been working on a business plan in 2008. And if you recall, the market really crashed at yes. the end of 2008. Lehman Brothers filed bankruptcy. That was kind of the thing that caused the stock market to really tumble. Mm-hmm. So it was a whole financial crisis. Everybody remembers that period. Right. But for me specifically... It was the first week of December, and I had taken a week of vacation time to go to a, a mastermind event where I was planning to come back with great ideas for my company that I worked for. And as I came into work that Monday morning after being away for a week, three of the five partners followed me into my office Ooh. and I turned around and saw them there. I was like, yep, this isn't going to be good. Oh no! And what had happened in my absence is there were five partners, but while I was gone, one of them lost his biggest client, which was the university of Arizona Whoa! and decided then to just retire. Oh, and that meant that the, all the expenses were going to have to be divided up four ways instead of five. And, and the market was crazy crashing and, you know, everything was going down. So they just decided to let me go. And that was really unexpected. And I had this business plan that I'd sort of been working on, but I wasn't really ready. So I very innocently and ignorantly said to myself, well, how hard can it be to start a business? (laughs) And 
it turns out it, it can be hard to start a business. It's hard to get clients, especially if you haven't worked in sales or anything like that. So I, I did struggle for a few years to really earn enough. But, you know, I, I thank God every day for that turn of events because it launched me somewhat unwillingly <laughs> into <laughs> where I am now. And, you know, it was really scary at the time. I was a single mom. I still had kids at home. I had a mortgage. You know, I had about $100,000 saved up that I could put toward it. But I ended up exhausting that before I was profitable because I had to pay my bills. And so, yeah, it was, it was scary. It was a lot of hard work, but it's so absolutely worth it on this end. Yes, it it is. And again, Julie, I love your mindset. Like when you knew it was over with your current company, which maybe if they listened to you, they would have didn't they would have kept you and thrived anyway. Yeah. So sometimes those closed doors sure are a blessing, right? But again, your your mindset of, hey, I I can do this. And with God's help, that was that's what helped propel you. And again, the perseverance. So I see these gifts in you, which I've mentioned in my book, because we have to have these uh, tenacity at times, but to know we can make it and not to think that where we're at currently is forever. It's not. Yep, exactly. And I just love being able to provide that hope and the confidence to the women that I work with because for them, it's so hard to see, you know, it's so hard to see when you're at the point of struggle, whatever it is, it might not be divorce. It might be job loss or a health issue or, you know, I have a client who suffers from disability and it's really compromised her ability to earn money. Mm. But nonetheless, we've been able to come up with plans that will provide her with a secure financial future and just taking away that fear. Not that it's ever maybe totally gone, but being able to have a plan against a fear just goes so far. I love that. Have a plan against the fear and go for it anyway. Yep. <laughs> okay. That, that is really awesome. That is so awesome. And again, there's, there is really so much help for us and women that have, have gone before us. And so I would love to hear about after starting your business, when did you hire your first employee? How did that go? My first hire was actually my oldest daughter, the one I was pregnant with when my husband left. And Honestly, that didn't work out. I wasn't making enough money that I could afford her, but I hired her full time and then she was dependent on the job, but she was also not actually at a point in her life where she appreciated the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I had to regroup and, you know, help her land somewhere else so that <laughs> I could move on without her for a little bit. And then after that, my my first successful hire or my next hire was a part-time person. And 
she was amazing. And we still keep in touch. In fact, she just referred a great client to us this year. And, you know, just having that little bit of help to leverage my time. But what I realized from that is, you know, jumping from zero help to full-time help was not the right strategy. Mm-hmm. But going from zero to five hours a week and then 10 mm-hmm. and then maybe 20 and then up to full-time is the way that fit the financial model better and, you know, helped me to feel less stressed, I guess, along the way. Yeah, that makes total sense because sometimes we scale. That's the new term now <laughs> where we scale our yep. companies too quickly and and it doesn't work. But doing something gradually and with intentionality helps bring success. Yes. And like, it's okay that I didn't make the right call the first time. Mm -hmm. I think so often we are afraid of making a decision because we don't want to make a bad decision. Right. (laughs) So just realizing that all of your decisions are not going to be the right ones or the best ones, but you can still go back and revise your plan a little bit and improve it. Yes, because nothing's permanent, right? You can regroup right. and, and start over. <laughs> yes. And I would say another thing that was so helpful to me in those early years of my business was pulling together a group of three or four people who I trusted and who knew me well and that would be able to give me good advice about my business because they could see things that I couldn't see. Nice. And I called them my professional advisory board. Mm -hmm. And once a quarter, I would provide dinner Mm -hmm. and invite them to come and meet. And I would share my financials and any other relevant information and just let them give me feedback. And it helped so much. Wow. That's a fabulous idea. I don't know that I ever had any guests on this podcast that ever said they did that. Because I was going to ask you, how did you do that? How did you go about asking them who did you choose? But of course, you gave them something of value for their time. I chose, so someone who was a business mentor to me was one of them. I chose a colleague who was in the same industry. And a close friend and my sister. So kind of four different people who knew me in four different ways, let's say. And I thought they would each bring a unique insight. And they did, for sure. Nice. So we did that once a quarter with them. And how yep. many years did you do that? Are you, is that still going on? I would say probably about three years mm-hmm. and then I kind of hit my stride or critical mass or whatever you want to call it. And now what we're in the process of doing is creating a client advisory board. So at this point I have about 90 clients nice. who I work with on an ongoing basis with their wealth management. So investments, financial planning, taxes, and now I want to get their perspective 
from how we do our work, how we, what we offer, you know, just to try to continue to meet their needs. And, you know, the demographics change over time. So millennials are a much bigger segment of our client base than before Hmm. than when I started for sure. Hmm. And so just learning how to serve them differently in the ways that are valuable to them is really important. So I'm working on getting advice, which I think is always great, getting good counsel, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Wise counsel, but just from a different perspective these days. But I still work with a business coach. I always have. I think that's really valuable. Yep. It can be expensive, but it's well worth the investment. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done without coaches or I love what you said. You went to like a mastermind seminar and the investing in ourself is so important. And that's wonderful with the amount of employees you have. And the cool thing about you, Julie, that I want to reiterate is you did this without a partner, without a house, a spouse and did this business on your own where you're now successful. So I commend you for that. Yeah. I'll just share a quick story and I don't mean this to sound like I'm boasting at all because I'm really not, I'm really humbled by it, but I, for tax reasons, I needed to buy a new car this year before the end of the year. And the car that I have been driving is almost 10 years old. And so I was planning to buy a new car next year anyway, just because it's a sedan and I need a hatchback, you know, just stuff like that. But, but anyway, I went out and I, I bought a Chevy Blazer and because of special depreciation and everything, it'll give me the tax deduction that I need to stay in the tax range that I want to. And so it was a good decision financially. But when I came home from that, I have to tell you, that's the first time that I sat down and said, you know what? I must be successful <laughs> because I had to buy a car for tax reasons. That is too and funny. And so I think sometimes we don't acknowledge mm-hmm. our own success. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've had this business for 13 years and, you know, statistically, I think, what is it, 80% of businesses fail in the first five years or something. So, I mean, I should have already realized that I'm successful, but I think especially as women, sometimes we don't, or we just have a hard time accepting the, our own greatness. Let's just say that. That is really true. And we need to, because we have to empower ourselves in addition to try to empower others. And, and what you shared, it's not a boasting thing. It's, it's fact from your hard work and perseverance. I know you have uh, faith in God, but you made a lot of good decisions. So 13 years. Yeah. I hear, I'm going to applaud you. (laughs) But I, I don't know why our male counterparts, they have no problems feeling proud or bragging. And I don't know if it's a cultural thing here in America or, or around the world, but oftentimes 
our expectations of ourselves. I've I've thought about this too. I I I was talking to one of my coaches. Why don't I feel successful even though I make six figures? Why don't I feel successful? Because <laughs> and <laughs> I'm still asking myself and it's a good question. What and in a way who determines success? I'm you know, that's kind of different right. for different people and uh, so this has been absolutely wonderful, Julie. Is there anything left you want to share before you share how women can get a hold of you? Anything? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. And this is the first time I've heard Julie's story. So I, I'm very encouraged myself and, and motivated with her journey, what she did. You're very inspiring, Julie. So share with us how to get a hold of you. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. And I've so enjoyed doing this today. Thank you for the opportunity. The best way to reach me is probably either by phone or through our website. So the phone number is 480-378-2383. And the website address is a little long, but it's just my company name, Bridge Financial Strategies, that's plural.com. And from there, there's a contact form where you can request. I always offer a 30-minute consultation with anybody, whether it is for divorce or just financial planning. So if anyone out there needs that kind of a consultation, I'm always happy to help. And if I'm not the right person, I can definitely point you in the right direction. That's wonderful. You sure have a servant heart to do that. So be sure to contact Julie. Take advantage of women that have gone before you, my sweet listener, our sweet listener, And as we wrap up, I want to share with you that I have my book, Women Starting Over, Moving Up, Building Financial Success on Your Own Terms. It's on special right now. And you can go to my website, womenmovingup.com, if you want a autographed copy, and that will be shipped to you for free. So take advantage of that. We have some more books to do that with. And it makes a good gift. There's a lot of women out there who probably don't speak up and say, I am struggling. I need to make a change. I need to start over, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to go for help. So this podcast and the book are great resources for you listening and also for your friends. So Julie, thank you again. And until next time, goodbye to our listener. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.